The Why Me Project, an exclusive presentation of Faith Strong Today. It's uh, not very often that we get two for the price of one. I know. This is exciting. <laughs> it's a BOGO. I, I want to say a couple of years since we've had uh, two different, two separate people on one show and we get to dive into two different lives. Yeah. And so we are going to have some fun today. It's like family. They're from the Commonwealth, UK. And so we are going to have some fun today. From uh, Vineyard Worship, John and uh, Dr. Beth. How are you guys? <laughs> Doing well, thank you. Great to be here. So well. Thanks so much. <laughs> Maybe you just said Our... Pastor John just to like. Oh, good out. call. Yeah. Redo. Yeah. Pastor John and Dr. Beth. That's better. Thank you. Just, just John's fine, honestly. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm loving that. <laughs> just John's fine. Uh, we've got a skill testing question for you, and that is, who are you and where did you come from? Yeah. So I, I uh, my name is John. I uh, grew up in the south coast of England and then moved to the Midlands when I was about 11 and uh, have never left the Midlands. Came to Birmingham about uh, 12, 11, 12 years ago, and they haven't been able to get rid of me yet. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm a worship pastor here. Uh, involved with a thing called uh, DTI Worship, Dreaming the Impossible, uh, which we'll, we'll talk about in a little while. Uh, and I'm also um, the Director of Worship De- Development uh, for Vineyard Churches in the UK and Ireland. I love it. Uh, yeah. Dr. Beth, uh, same question for you. Who are you and where did you come from? Yeah, I'm Beth. I am from the Midlands, um, from a city called Birmingham, which is the second biggest city. Uh, grew up there, loved it. My parents were pastors, so I grew up as a pastor's kid and mm. um, always loved being in church, but always felt like I was called to be a doctor. So I went to medical school and studied for a very long time and um, and now a medical doctor, which I love, and based in a city called Nottingham. Um, I just got married like six weeks ago. So loving hey, that. And um, along with John, thank you. Along with John, I head up the worship for Dreaming the Impossible, which is an absolute joy. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love that so much. And so um, for you guys working together as a team and reaching out to the community, share a little bit about um, just your ministry and how is it doing in uh in the uk and how's it growing yeah great question so um we were both worship leaders in our local churches and then um were approached a number of years ago um by the team who head up dti during the impossible um which is a a youth movement for young people all across the uk ages 12 to 18 their heart is just to see young people follow jesus and come to know him and and then see him do things in their local spaces and so we um both had moments growing up where we met with Jesus as teenagers and just had powerful Mm. um, encounters in those kind of like large gathering spaces. And so we both just prayed about it and felt like actually this would be a real privilege and we'd love to to be part of that growing um, adventure really. And so we took it on a number of years ago and the the festival that that runs in the summer has just been growing each year and changing and that's been amazing. They also have um, events throughout the year and it's just a chance for young people to meet other young christians or find out more about jesus and um we get to lead them in worship which is super fun you look at the amount of worship and stuff that uh, you guys are involved with i i look at like a hillsong or a bethel or elevation vineyard has such a a prominent name behind it do you find that there's any pressure doing worship for vineyard it's a great question i think everyone's very releasing and very very encouraging i think as we, we as you say we stand on some some strong heritage you know vineyard, vineyard yeah. music back in the 80s 90s early 2000s was a was, yeah. a was a big thing and and touched a lot of people and so we we're, we're very grateful for that and we'll often pull back into that songbook <laughs> um now and again <laughs> um 
but yeah, yeah. No, it's just a, it's just a, it's a privilege to be involved in it. And you know, God obviously blessed the vineyard uh, movement through its uh, and blessed the blessed the global church through vineyard worship in in mm. years gone by. And, and and we're kind of saying here, you know, if we can write a song or two which blesses some people, then we, we'd love to be a part of that. I, I think there's there's less pressure and more just a or just a recognition of the ground on which we stand. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's incredible. And it's like, I don't know, growing up listening to some of the vineyard music in general became very impactful and mm-hmm. going to some of those youth mo- uh, movements that were happening um, in Alberta, we had YC Alberta. And it was like thousands and thousands of kids and it, like, it changes you. So, you know, for you, Beth, growing up in the church, being a PK, um, let's talk about like your moment where you were like, yes, this is the moment I'm going to follow God. And that's not just my parents' faith. <laughs> yeah, well, I am, um, I was very fortunate. I always grew up loving the church and loving Jesus and um, just had great friends at church. And so I always, always knew Jesus um, and knew that he was just a massive part of my life, which was amazing. But I think actually for me, one of the, the key moments when I was like, yeah, this is my faith and this is what I want to um, give my life to. It was actually at DTI. So I grew yeah. up going to it when I was a teenager and um, probably when I was about 13, it was one of the first couple of times that I'd gone and um, just encountering the Holy Spirit in a room with, there were probably only 300 people at that stage. So it's grown a crazy amount, but realizing that he loved me for me not because of my parents or what they were doing but um he wanted a relationship with with Beth um that was just incredible and so just really profoundly felt his peace and his presence with me and I thought this is this is what I want to give my life to and so came back got baptized um and have just known and loved him ever since for you John I I always say I've I can never remember remember a moment when God wasn't in my life you know I was Mm -hmm. brought up um as you know we went to church every Sunday you know i Literally, uh, to, the, to the extent that when I met people who didn't go to church on Sundays, I thought, what do you like do on the weekends if you don't go to church? <laughs> What's there even to do? Yeah, yeah, literally. So why are the shops open? Yeah. Um, yeah. So, uh, yeah. But I think, you know, so I, I just grew up in a really Bible-believing home and my parents were always really encouraging of that. And, um, and I just, it was just always like a fact to me, like God exists. Um, but I think, yeah, similar to Beth, in, those, in some of those bigger environments, you know, Soul Survivor for me, um, I was, you know, there and just really encountered God for the first time, encountered his peace and started that, you know, that, that real journey of, okay, God, I, I know that you've always, like, you've been real. I've always known you're, you're real, but now I want to do things your way. I want a personal relationship with you. And so kind of went from there. Was ministry always on your heart, John? Was that something that you always wanted to do was, you know, pasteurize and music and, you know, do this as, as a career? Yeah, uh, not really, to be honest. Um, I, I was kind of just doing my thing growing up as a teenager, um, started leading worship at, at my church, you know, um, when, when kind of an opportunity uh, arose and was just doing that. And then uh, it was at a Soul Survivor Festival as, as I was kind of just graduating high school um, and just kind of thinking, okay, God, what's next? What do you, what do you have for me? Felt like God, you know, got, got some prayer and had a picture from the Lord about being a worship leader, being a worship pastor. And, and I, from that moment on, I was kind of said to God, okay, well, if that's what you've got for me, I'm all in. I'm kind of an, I'm like a single focus kind of guy, you know, so if, if there's one thing I'm doing, I'm, I'm, I'm after that with everything I've got. And so um, I said, that's it. Okay. I, I'm ready. I'm, I'm ready to do that. And then, and then jumped in and uh, it's been a great journey. You might be a single focus guy, but Beth or Dr. Beth, you mm-hmm. have uh, a... <laughs> 
a couple things that you get to serve God through going into the medical field, but also having music. Uh, explain to us a little bit about that journey and, and how you found that path. I think for a long time, I thought they were in competition with each other for my focus. Um, mm. And I knew I wanted to go into medicine because I loved the thought of, of just being alongside people, hearing what they were like struggling with and mm-hmm. um, just offering like practical love to them and, and care. And I found the science fascinating. So that was like a, a clear focus for me. But I also knew I wanted to serve in the local church and lead worship. Music was always something I absolutely loved. And um, even since a child, like leading the actions at the front of church, that was something I really just cherished and so thought I really want to be in that space as well and felt called to both things but didn't know how to do both but just a number of years ago felt God say Beth I've made you to do both things and you're not kind of saying no to one to say yes to the other he's like I've I've made you for both spaces and I'll be with you in both spaces and so I've been able to press into both areas which has been incredible so it's been a lot of diary planning (laughs) in terms of my hours and um trying to work around hospital shifts and nights and weekends and then also church and and getting time off but God's been so kind in allowing me to do both and I really feel um, it's a privilege to be in the hospital and the medical world but also leading worship at my local church and at DTI with John. What I truly love about speaking with uh, worship leaders and uh, those who are in front of the church is that when you guys are writing songs are you writing songs for your church or are you writing songs for church in general? Is it, I think that this will do really well at Birmingham church, but I also think that it would do really well in Australia, it'd do well in Canada, and it'd do well in middle of nowhere earth. That's a big question. I mean, I think for us, we want to, uh, predominantly when we're writing songs at the moment, we're, we're, we're thinking about what's going to work for the young people. And so whether, mm. whether the song gets recorded and, and goes around the world or whether it's just sung, you know, in the summer festivals or at our local churches, uh, that's worth it. You know, it, it, if a church uh, blesses the Lord and blesses somebody and helps draw someone into, into connection with him, then, then that's worth it for us. I don't, I don't think we've got any grand ambitions to try and be kind of <laughs> have, have songs going all over the place. I think for us, it, the, the local is, is, so, is so precious. And so when we're writing songs, we are, we're, we're, we're saying, we're, we're asking young people and we're, uh, you know, what are you guys, what, what's life like for you guys at the moment? What would serve you guys? And then when we're writing, we're taking that into the writing room and being mindful of, of them in the process of writing. So that, that means that we might choose different language that connects with young people more than it, than it would with adults or, or vice versa. Um, and just, you know, what, what musically is going to, um, move these young people and connect with them. Can we talk a little bit about the youth? Because I feel very optimistic for this, was it, Gen Zs now? Because I know millennials got um, quite a lot of flack just for some of the characteristics of that cohort. But even there, I mean, being raised to think that, oh, well, my trajectory is um, unemployment. This is great. Like, of course, there's going to be a lot of um, negative things, unfortunately, because of economics, what's been happening in the world. And so... When you take a look at the youth right now, what is something that you have noticed? Maybe you, Beth, can go first, just with the generation and where their hearts at. And, you know, just tell us a little bit about what you're seeing happening. Great question. I think um, what I'm seeing and what we've we've reflected on before is that um, this generation are really searching for truth and they're not content with like the show or kind of razzle dazzle they want to really Mm. get down to what's honest and what's what's pure and so a lot of them uh, won't just take you at your word (laughs) they'll want to say why and what's behind that and um what do you really mean and so they they're very questioning um and so i think that's a great thing because they're not just satisfied with um 
with kind of simple answers or with just what's presented to them, but they're actually digging into things themselves. And so in the faith kind of space for them to really dig and, and come to a conclusion that Jesus is Lord is just the best thing. And so then they're more confident to say, actually, this is so worth it. This is what I want to give my life to. So that's definitely one of the things that we've seen and therefore want to be able to write to kind of help facilitate with our young people. Yeah, I think for us, COVID was a big deal here in the yeah. UK. And, and, and there, these, these young people were out of school for a really long time, you know, online lessons um, for, for months and months and months and, um, you know, very restricted social gatherings. And so we are, we're, we're, there, there was a practical thing where the people were just taken out of community, taken out of church, not used to being around ch- kind of church context, not used to being in worship, um, in, in gathering environments, um, but also, um, you know, just like losing out on that relational time and meeting with other Christians as well. Um, and I think along with that, you know, I'm not, not sure where if it's the same kind of where people are listening from, but there was a lot of fear um, around that as well. And so I think mm. that kind of the, 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 um, the fear and anxiety is still what we're seeing come out in young people quite, quite a lot. Even now, we, I think we're still kind of feeling the COVID hangover, to be honest. And so we're trying to write songs into that and saying, you know, just one of our songs is called Look to Him. And it's a song about kind of the, depression and anxiety being broken and just look to Jesus because Jesus is coming and, and he, there's goodness and life with him. What is the hope for the future though? I mean, if you guys, if, what started so small and I mean, Beth, you were a part of it. John, now you've been in this for what, eight, eight plus years. If John, if you were to a two-year goal, a five-year goal, a 10-year, like, I don't know if that's asking too much. What would you like to see DTI become? Wow. That's a big question. I think for us, I, to some degree, I think we're kind of serving. So there's, there's, um, Two people who lead it called Susie and Zeke. Um, they're kind of the, the, the uh, uh, overarching heads leading up DCI. And so we, we feel like actually we're serving their vision. Um, mm. And so we're, we're, we're up for whatever they feel like the Lord is telling them to do. I mean, you know, wouldn't it be amazing if, if thousands of young people across, the country, across our country um, were meeting with Jesus, committing their lives to follow him? Um, in you know, maybe multiple DTI spaces, who knows? But I think for us, it's just being faithful with the little and letting the Lord take care of the rest. You know, you're saying how this next generation just is searching for authenticity and looking for truth. And so for you guys leading worship, how do you approach having an authentic life uh, in mm. your own right so you can just have those real raw conversations with them? Yeah, I think it's um, definitely something we consider and take seriously and and like the youth see right through it (laughs) if you're putting on a show they're like they call it out and so I actually have a group I lead a like a small group for girls in my youth group locally and they're like 15 years old so they keep me in check (laughs) and um for us it's the just time with Jesus on our own and the personal relationship that it all has to come out of and there's that phrase that spans around that you can't lead somewhere where you've not gone and so it's Mm -hmm. the just times worshipping when it's just me or just a small group of friends and um, just really pressing in for what I believe God has for me. And then from that place, asking him what he wants to do amongst his young people. And so John and I, when we are doing songwriting, we'll worship together and we have a little team praying for us and we're praying for the young people too, just that God would really move. And I think like he was saying, we feel like it's such a blessing to serve in this space. We don't want to hold on to this role and be like, we are these great worship leaders, like we still feel like we're learning and it is just our privilege to be in that space to to be a blessing for these young people. So we try not to hold it too lightly um, and just to be open handed with the space and with the privilege that we've been given to lead. Yeah, I mean, I think I think Beth, you know, hit the nail on the head there, you know, how our personal work with Jesus is doing in the context of our of our very local kind of small settings community. I mean, I've got I've got an 18 month old and uh, and so just trying to 
uh, honor the Lord with how I'm being a parent to him and, and mm. how, I'm, how I'm, you know, how I'm changing his nappies and just trying not, not get frustrated <laughs> and all that sort of stuff. Like just being real, doing life in a way that pleases God and, and, and doing it with other people who, who really know us uh, and know that actually we're not all that. We, 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 we don't like, to, we don't take ourselves seriously at all, but we take mm. Jesus very seriously. I'm glad that you mentioned that. So my kids are kind of right perfect for you guys. I have a 12 year old and a 14 year old. And I know you're thinking I'm way too young and too cool to look this good, <laughs> but um, like, Absolutely. my yeah. kids, I don't need your sarcasm, Beth. I don't, my kids will, uh, they'll, 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 and I mean, I don't know the difference between like American slang and, uh, British slang, but they're like, you know, that's lit or that's fire. And I'm like, I don't know what any yeah. of this, do you guys feel that's like, good. that's good. <laughs> that's good that Listen I don't fire, know. A good thing. No, Listen oh. fire, a good thing. She's <laughs> translating I'm, for you. I'm interpreting. <laughs> that's what I need you guys for is, is there this age gap thing? Because like, I feel like maybe it's because I'm a parent and they're my kids. I just yeah. don't understand. How do you stay relevant in being, you are older, but making sure that you're still impressionable for the youth. Well, they're, they're, they're already saying, because we're still young, Johnny. <laughs> we're not as old as you. <laughs> I don't know. Figure out. Can I ask how old you guys are? I'm, I'm 29. Oh, you guys are young. Never I'm mind. 27. Yeah. Cancel my question then. You guys are they're so still young. Cool. You they're still cool. They're still cool. You're still <laughs> cool. You're youth leaders, and it's great. I show yeah, up at a youth that's... thing, and I'll be like, I'm here, and they're like, w- w- to pick who up. <laughs> <laughs> I think just the thing I'd say is that, um, we, we do try and we do try and change our language to be just using simple, simple language. And also it's, it's not just an age barrier. Like for a bunch of the guys who come along to DTI, they've never been in a church before. They've never heard yeah. the word Jesus before. So like we just you try and use very colloquial language, kind of strip, strip away the, the, the church language and just yeah. get, get down to really simple. Exactly. Yeah. So there's a song we just written called Who You Are. And it's just, you won't change your mind or walk away through highs and lows. You stay the same. Like it's just super simple language, but just with a, yeah. a real message behind it. I love that because I think for a lot of people, I don't know what it's like in the UK, but I've heard that in Canada, it's almost a, uh, a pre-Christian world. Uh, mm. Everything shifted really, really quickly and the pandemic didn't help. And so even having conversations with people um, who are older or who are adults, like you have to find out a way to, to speak in ways that's just real and, and truthful. Mm-hmm. And some of the phrases that we would have used growing up, even in a secular world where they were like, oh, but I know what you're saying because my grandparents were Christians. Mm. Now it's kind of like, oh, how do we make this relatable? Mm. Do you guys mm. ever run into that struggle as well? All the time. Okay. Susan Z, Susan Z could great at, at seeing that and spotting that and telling us, hey guys, that, that doesn't make sense. <laughs> you need to, you need to <laughs> rephrase that. You talked about being authentic, and a lot of that has to do with reflection and asking questions. And um, kids are asking why. And so let's ask that of you, since it's the Why Me Project podcast. And we'll start with you, John. Uh, Any Why Me moments that um, you've navigated throughout your life? We we all have different struggles, don't we? And they 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 they, they might show up in different ways. But I felt like God called me to be a worship leader. And, and so I applied for a bunch of uh, kind of worship internships. Right at the, at the last moment, I felt God say, no, don't do that. Go to mm. university and study geography. <laughs> so go to a place you've never been before, yeah. studying like a very academic thing. And I was, like, I, I was like, okay, God, if you say it, I'll do it. Kind of went off and then basically just ended up having three years of just getting really frustrated and saying, God, I thought you called me to worship. And, and all my friends are getting these amazing opportunities to lead in all these spaces and they're doing, you know, they're doing songwriting, they're leading on 
big stages, small stages. And here I am in a city, I don't know anyone, and I'm studying a subject that I don't really care about. And like, I'm six months in, like I, that, that, that the first year, but really all three years were a real struggle for me. And I was saying, God, you know, wh- what are you doing in this time? And, and like, why am I here? Why am I here? Mm-hmm. Why couldn't I go and do the thing that I want to do? God taught me a lot in that time about just the father heart of God, where my identity was. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I, I'd known, had even used that language before, but just the idea of being a musician had, had I think had become part of who I was. Um, and so God needed to kind of take some of that stuff away. So I, I used to, before I went to uni, I'd be leading worship twice, three, four times a week, or, you know, on bands at least, you know, every, every Sunday, multiple times in youth groups and so on. And then I came to uni and it all just stopped. Nothing, you know, for, for months. And so I feel like God needed to take that away um, in mm. order to, to kind of do some heart, the, the hard work of heart work. Mm. Um, and I was saying, okay, why me? You know, why me, God? Why, what, what, why would you give me this calling and then tell me to sit on it for years? I just, you know, just kept asking God, kept being faithful to him, kept crying out to him in those moments. Graduated and felt God say, okay, like push on that door again. And so I approached my church here in Birmingham to say, hey, could I do a worship internship with you guys? And it just the timing lined up in such a way that they actually were looking to recruit somebody to be their worship pastor. And so they were like, well, here you are. We, we, we need your position. So we, 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 don't want, we don't want you to do an internship. We actually just want to give you the job. So, so I was like, wow, that came out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. Um, and actually re- reflecting back on it now, I think I did a lot of growing up in university. Um, I, I learned how to be an adult. I learned how to take care of myself. I learned how to serve other people, how to, how to be patient with other people. Uh, but really, I learned that my identity was in a loving father uh, who loves us unconditionally no matter what we're doing. Um, and I think that those things together have, have, have served me. And actually, to be honest, if, if, if God has said yes to me and given me that opportunity in the first instance, I don't think it would have gone very well. I don't think I was in the right place. But, now, but having gone through those three years of difficulty um i feel like i was in a much better place to lead hmm well i love that perspective on going through those seasons what about for you beth yeah my story is actually a little bit similar to john's but in a different space so um i knew i wanted to be a doctor for a super like since i was really little and so i was always quite academic and liked school and liked studying and so then my trajectory was to go to medical school at the age of 18 which is the youngest you can do it in the uk I was working really hard, but also enjoying doing worship stuff and did that as part of my youth group and on a Sunday and um, felt like I was the ideal Christian. Like I was doing all the church stuff really well mm-hmm. and I was doing well at school and I was like, I'm, I'm doing it, my life's together. <laughs> and um, <laughs> I got I got quite unwell during my kind of last year of school. My lung collapsed and so I couldn't breathe for quite mm-hmm. a while and it was just quite sick and so I didn't do so well in my grades as I thought I was going to do and so couldn't go to med school and I was just so shocked and like god we had a plan and I've done everything for you and I've like been this great christian like why have you failed me <laughs> and why why have you allowed this to happen so I was just in complete disbelief really but then someone had a word for me that um my plan b is god's plan a and so mm, I was like okay yeah. I'm going to I'm going to 
you know, take the next step, whatever that looks like. And so went to a different city and studied a different science degree. It's called biomedical sciences, um, which was still quite intense, but less hours as medicine would have been. And I got the chance to do more in my local church. I joined a church plant and it was just growing and, and changing. And I got to be part of the team that like stewarded and shaped the worship. And I loved doing that. And it felt like God was kind of building up this, I've called you for two different things just longing in my heart and so I was able to to sew in the local church and also study and then I felt like God say okay I'm gonna I'm gonna release the opportunity to you again to go into medicine and your heart's in a better place now and um he taught me about how to sabbath really well and so I was like all throughout my studies always took a day off (laughs) and my friends were like what are you doing because you know we've got a lot of work to do and then um you know there's just that pressure all the time to be working but I was like no I'm you know I'm reading the word (laughs) it says to take a day to rest and to worship and to do life differently and and so I did that throughout my whole time and then got into medical school and so did that for a couple of years afterwards and and just felt like God was so kind to set me up well for that season and um and just kind of shaped my heart to to long for both spaces for doing worship stuff and for um and for science and for healthcare and so I think looking back it was totally his goodness to me I didn't see it at the time yeah, <laughs> and your I was lung like, collapsed, going on? collapsed. Yeah. how was that goodness <laughs> I know. it was it was not a fun time to be honest <laughs> but honestly he works things so good doesn't he and so um I think he definitely planned it way better than I ever could <laughs> yeah. yeah no you guys are it, it's incredible um where it's gone to where it's uh continually going and the growth of it at uh, Dreaming the Impossible on the socials, dreamtheimpossible.org as well. Uh, Pastor uh, John, Dr. Beth, this was lit. Thank you for hanging out with <laughs> yeah. us and sharing your heart. Thanks, Johnny. Thanks, Holly. Appreciate you guys. So you great to us. meet you both. Thank you. Thank, yeah, thank you. you. And sorry about the f- phrase lit. What? <laughs> it was relevant. I liked it. <laughs> I think it just goes to show even years later. I mean, we talked about YC Alberta, which yeah. started back in 1995, 1996. Yeah. Back in the day. Now we fast forward and it's still the relevancy of how important youth, youth groups, youth ministry are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For connection, for spiritual growth yeah. uh, and community. Definitely. And, and what I love too, is that you see it. They're like, Oh, we're not just doing, uh, a youth event now we're also doing worship we're doing a whole bunch of other things it's not just a one facet there's multi-facets of what they're doing yeah and i really appreciated what beth and john had to say just about their yb moments about god's timing is is the uh, best timing um and the reminder to rest it's important gosh, and yeah. uh with that busy lifestyle rest is key and with our busy lifestyles to think that she became a doctor and also a worship leader and she mm. takes time to rest to me no. is that great reminder that we can too no it's that's really good and i think it's a good reminder that middle of the day when my boss comes into my office and i'm just sawing some logs yeah he's like, what resting. are you doing on on work time <laughs> resting that's why siesta <laughs> yeah exactly um thank you to everybody who continually downloads who is a part of what we are doing uh being a projector on the why me project podcast uh because without you without your rates your reviews your listens it's just holly and i talking to one another yeah which gets really boring um i mean we've been doing this for six years we're no. 300 plus episodes deep so no. uh we would love your support and just keep sharing and spreading those links and uh yeah we just really hope that more people can be encouraged by 
the stories that we get to hear here on Whammy Project. Yeah, follow us on the socials, uh, Instagram, on the Twitter X, whatever they call it, on Facebook, YouTube, like, subscribe, ring the bell, and uh, also follow us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Faith Strong Today.